Today we are reviewing the best practices to keep your small business finances in check. We'll be reviewing bookkeeping best practices, reviewing your financial statements, and going over payroll and other important recommendations. We are delighted to be here. Um, this is an incredibly important topic and we're delighted to share uh, what our insights are. Um, we'll be going over um, bookkeeping best practices, reviewing and understanding your financial statements, understanding payroll um, in terms of how it's reported, and then other recommendations that we feel are critical for small businesses during this, these very turbulent times. Um, Amelia Earhart said, preparation, I have often said, is rightly two-thirds of any venture. So we're here to provide guidance on how you can be better prepared uh, for this wild ride that we're on and any ups and downs that may be coming. So our goal is to arm you with some additional resources and thoughts to help keep your business finances in check. So some of the things to keep in mind is that you, the business owner, know your stuff. You know your business. No one knows your business better than you do. You understand the revenue. You should know your employees, the expenses, the vendors. You need to take ownership of your information, of your financial information, and it's critical. So many times we see small business owners just not paying attention, and that's where problems start to arise. So know your stuff, be informed, stay in the loop, uh, provide guidance. You're the person who knows the most. So it's critical to have a relationship with your service provider, where, whether it's an internal bookkeeper, an outside bookkeeper, your CPA, but you're the person who understands your business and knows what's going on. Number two, stay on top of it. Don't wait until the end of the year or it's tax time. Stay on top of it in real time. Your financial information can provide critical insights into how your business is doing. And with that information, armed with that information, you can make more strategic decisions. So stay on top of it. Also, it allows you to maximize deductions and catch errors in real time. So you're not six or nine months down the road trying to figure out, you know, what was going on back then? Why did I do that? What happened? So just stay on top of it. I know it's not fun sometimes, but just do it and you'll be happier in the long run. And then number three, always have a plan B. I mean, in these crazy times, who would have guessed six or seven months ago we would be sitting where we're at today? So have a plan B. Um, make sure um, you have a backup plan and your business can weather any storm. So um, those are, this is kind of the theme is know your stuff, stay on top of it and have a plan. So the basics and bookkeeping and accounting. And as a business owner, this is probably not your area of strength, right? You're good at, at running your business, at, at what you do, at, at how you make your, your money. So the bookkeeping and accounting for a lot of small business owners, they just don't wanna deal with it, which is fine. And that's why you, you hire folks to help you out, but you really should know the basics and you should understand um, how things work. And I'm gonna step back just a couple of years. Um, the, the last six months has seen a rapid uh, evolution 
in a transfer or, uh, to a digital world, right? In the olden times, and this is just a couple of years ago, uh, three or four, maybe five, but you would send your statements, your receipts, your canceled checks to your bookkeeper or accountant. And then they would take that information that you had provided them and they'd put it in their write-up software. So this is software that they owned and they had control of and they'd take your information, put it into their write-up software and then spit out a financial statement um, within a period of time and then send you back in paper that financial statement along with all your supporting documents and you would get this financial statement, right? And you knew that it was taken care of. But what I've heard from most folks is that financial statement, that documentation just went into a pile in the corner of their desk. So um, the data wasn't owned by you. You couldn't use it to make any projections or budgets or really understand it. Um, it just came back in a nice pretty package that just went into a file or on the corner of your desk. So that's the traditional. Now, um, with the advent of, you know, uh, the, this digital world, the modern method of accounting, it looks a, much different. It's using cloud-based software where you own the data and it's always accessible, 24-7, 365. And you're able to clarify and classify transactions in real time, right? You're not waiting for a report um, 30 or 45 days down the road, you can do it in real time. Um, the cloud-based uh, software is typically a monthly subscription um, that, that's paid on an ongoing basis. And then what happens is these transactions are downloaded automatically into the software from your bank and credit cards. They're classified, again, on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. And then at the end of the month, pretty quickly, when the statements are available, all of your transactions get uh, reconciled. Because in a digital world, glitches happen. So you want to make sure that transactions have been downloaded correctly, there's no duplicates, and everything has been captured. So you go in, you reconcile, or your provider reconciles your bank and credit card statements on um, a, mo a monthly basis. And then you're able, with confidence, to be able to look at a, a financial statement quickly after the end of the month. As soon as the statements are available, you can rest assured that the numbers are are all the information has been captured. And then you can go in and review financial statements. You can take a look and you can see what's been going on. At the end of the year, then it's not that difficult to wrap up the year, make a few adjustments and uh, have the information needed to prepare a tax return. So in this modern um, world, you're able to access your financial information on a real-time basis. And there's several applications out there that do this. Um, our firm is a QuickBooks um, online uh, fan. And so many of our clients use that application. We're very adept at it. We understand it. But there are also other applications out there that do similar types of things. Zero or Wave or Bench has a bookkeeping service as well. So, and, and we work with clients in all of these applications. So, it's critical or it's important that you identify um, how you're gonna keep track of your financial information. And I'm gonna tell you that an Excel spreadsheet is not the best way. Um, you're gonna miss information, um, you're gonna miss deductions, it's gonna be harder to summarize, and um, you can't use it really um, to project or forecast where you're at with your business. 
you may be able to use it to provide it to a tax preparer to prepare a return, but it's not the best way to capture and maintain your uh, business information. There are desktop versions of, of accounting software out there, which are great. Um, I can tell you if you have an internal person that's very adept at using them, then that's, that's, that's a terrific way to go. However, just be aware that if you have to transfer that information to an outside provider, it's a little more clunky, right? And you don't have access to the information on a real-time basis because it's located on a particular laptop or a network. So these cloud-based solutions just give you, the owner, real-time access to your information um, at all times. So what are some of the things that we recommend? First of all and foremost, this is one of my uh, top, top recommendations. Please keep it simple and keep it separate. So keep your business business and your personal personal. Um, have a separate business account, have separate business credit cards, and keep all of your business um, activity in those accounts and away from your personal. And, and that way your provider doesn't have to look at your personal stuff. We don't want to. So keep it separate. It makes it so much simpler. And I understand that occasionally you may pull out your business card and paying for a personal expense. That's not, a, that's not a, the, the issue. The issue or challenge is when you're using um, a, a personal card for business all the time, it just gets a lot more difficult to track and maintain um, that information. When you're using an online platform like this, it's really super easy to say, you know, all these transactions are coming in, I can get them cleared pretty quickly. It's really important to complete the data that's coming in and make sure you're capturing the vendors um, and the correct customers when these things are coming in through the bank feed. And we're gonna look at a dashboard here in a few minutes just to give you an idea of, of what I'm talking about. But you wanna make sure you capture this information for a couple different reasons. Um, vendors, um, maybe you may be required to issue a 1099 at the end of the year. And if you don't have the vendor information completed um, in this online software, you're not going to be able to pull the information correctly. And then secondly, you may want to go in and look to see how much you've been spending on Amazon, or on, on, uh, on Google Ads, or any of the other types of vendors that you may have. You, and if you have the vendor information completed, you can quickly pull those reports to see how much you've been spending. What, um, what these online platforms allow you to do is to drill down. Right? So, and I'll show this in some financial statements we're going to be looking at, but you can drill down, you can click on and you can see what makes up a total. You can see um, who, who you've been paying and how much you've been paying for a period of time. So, um, it's, I love this feature because it, it gives you the ability to quickly say, hey, you know, what's going on here and drill down and to be able to understand. And then um, check in regularly. So, um, for instance, there's a dashboard, and we're going to be going over this in QuickBooks Online, where you can, you can log in anytime, and, and you can check in and see how your business is doing. It pulls in all the information for both bank and credit cards. It looks at your invoices and your expenses, and it gives you at a, at a glance how your business is doing. So you should know this information. You should be able, you should understand from a financial perspective what your business is looking like um, on a monthly, daily, weekly basis so that you can, um, if you need to, um, make a plan, right? Do something different. If you need to bring in more revenue, you bring in more revenue. If you need to cut expenses, you know what expenses need to be cut. 
So, um, and also you get, a, you get an idea of the seasonality of your business. Uh, when does your revenue typically come in? Are there months where more revenue or your cash flow is better or healthier and other months that are leaner? Uh, we all experience that as a business. So just knowing that information intuitively in the back of your brain, you can prepare and um, be on top of it and, and better able to weather any, um, any downturns. So let's, let's just hop on over. Um, I've been telling you we're going to take a look. So this is just a sample company um, in QuickBooks uh, online. Uh, it's a design and landscaping services. And this is the dashboard that I was talking about. So what you're able to do at a glance is to see um, a, a lot of information about your business. So if this has been maintained, um, uh, frequently, daily or weekly, then you, you can get a good sense of what's going on with your business. So over here on the right-hand side, you will see your bank and credit card accounts, um, your checking, your savings, um, any credit cards you may have. They're linked in, and so it's pulling in real-time information from the bank or credit card company. That's the top line. And then what's recorded in QuickBooks. So if you look at these little uh, green little check marks here, you know that all that information on your savings account has been reviewed and entered in. So you know that the information on the savings account is, is all taken care of, at, likewise with the, the, the MasterCard here, little check marks. But up here, if you take a look, you'll see there's still additional transactions that need to be reviewed. There's eight transactions that are sitting there in the bank feed, and so they're not reflected in the rest of the, the information that's reflected here. So I, I like this because I don't have to log in to a checking account and my credit card accounts to see what the balances are. I can just quickly see at a glance, okay, um, this is my bank balance, these are my credit card balances, and, and to know real time what's going on with them. There is a little bit of a delay, uh, like a 24-hour delay. Typically, the bank and credit card balances update at, after midnight. Um, so if you charge something today, you won't be able to see it until tomorrow. Then the rest of the dashboard is um, important. It gives you an idea of how you're doing um, current, you know, uh, with regards to your sales, your invoicing, your profit and loss. And so I'll just, I'll give, I'll just start here on the left. If you're the type of business that invoices clients, this gives you quickly this amount right here, the 5,282, that's the number of invoices that you have outstanding. So you can predict, right? You should have a pretty good idea of when those invoices are gonna be paid, right? So whether it's in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 days, so that you can predict the cash flow that's gonna be coming into your business. This, um, I like to keep track of this one myself because it tells you in the last 30 days how much cash has been deposited into your account. So this is the cash that's actually cleared your checking account. And I really like this because if I know I need to have a certain number of dollars uh, collected over a 30-day period to meet all of my payroll and fixed costs and recurring costs, I know this, this number here needs to be close to that to be able to be able to make, um, to be paying everything that needs to be paid. So I pay attention to both of these, both the cash that's gonna be coming in the door and the amount that's come in the last 30 days. Uh, this, uh, the sales, um, I love to track um, our sales. 
this is for the last 12 months. You can also do it for this week, last seven days, month, last 30 days. But what this will help you, if there's a full set of data in here, is predict what your sales look like by month, right? And this is um, the actual cash that came in in the door. So if, if you know that you're going to have a lean November, you want to make sure you've got a, a lot of cash collected and ready to pay those November expenses. So I really like this, um, this uh, part of the dashboard because it gives me an idea of what our sales look like and also, also be able to predict what sales may look like in the future uh, based on historic data. Uh, so this, uh, these two are your profit and loss and your expenses. So your profit and loss, and again, you can do it over the last 30 days, this month, this quarter, this year. And so you can, you can pull these numbers um, just to get an idea of how you're on track um, for the year. And if you'll notice here, it, it says um, there's these little hashed um, amounts. And, but th basically what this is telling us is that there's some transactions that need to be reviewed. There's two income and six expenses, and that equals um, these transactions in the checking account that still need to be reviewed. So we know this isn't complete data at this point, um, but it's an indication. And then your expenses. Again, you can take a look at your expenses. I'm going to look at this month, and I can see so far I've, I've spent $600 last month. Um, sorry, uh, a little over $6,000. And then you can drill down if you want to. You can, um, each of these, it's a pie chart, it's interactive. You can drill down and you can take a look. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I spent $940 on repairs and maintenance. What went on there? And you can quickly drill down and say, oh, yeah, that's right. I had to repair the truck. So it's just a really nice, quick, fast way for you to review your own information and make sure it's correct. And, and like I say, it's, it's up to you. Uh, you're the leader, you're the, the person in, in charge of, of your business. You, sh you should be informed of and make sure that this information accurately reflects the activities of your business. And so why, why, I mean, why, why do all of this? And so, um, the financial statements. Most small business owners, um, based on my experience, don't really understand what financial statements are and how to read them. And I'm gonna tell you, it's incredibly important that you understand it because these financial statements are used by the IRS and the state uh, to determine your tax liability. And then they're used by the lenders um, in determining your credit worthiness and the amount of a potential loan that you may need for your business. So understanding and reading your financial statements are, is critically important um, because as I, as I mentioned before, you know your business better than anybody else, better than your bookkeeper or your tax preparer or your CPA, you know it the best. So you need to be the person taking a look at these and making sure that they accurately reflect your business. And there's four um, statements that you should be paying attention to. And whether you do it monthly or quarterly, at least once a year, but um, more frequently is better. Um, there's four of them. The first one is the balance sheet. And the balance sheet is a snapshot at a particular point in time. It could be the end of the month, end of the year, end of the quarter, but it's a, it's a snapshot. And it tells you at a snapshot as of that excuse me, particular day, these are my assets, these are all my assets, these are all my liabilities, 
if I take my assets minus my liabilities, that's my equity. That's, that's my ownership stake in the business. So it's incredibly important to review your balance sheet. And I will tell you, this is the area most people do not pay attention to. And if the balance sheet is wrong, then your profit and loss is wrong too. So again, it's critically important for you to take a look at your balance sheet, make sure it reflects all of the assets that you have, your bank accounts, your accounts receivable, your inventory, your prepaid expenses, your fixed assets, any other asset you may have is accurately reflected. And then it, it reflects all of your liabilities, whether it's your credit cards, your line of credit, your payroll tax, your sales tax, and then any other loans or leases that you may have outstanding. So again, that's the balance sheet. The profit and loss is, um, shows your revenue and expenses for a period of time. And again, you can select what period of time you wanna look at. If you wanna look at a month or a quarter or a year or a week, you can do that. But it reflects your revenues and your expenses. And it, it tells you a lot about what's going on in your business for a period of time. And um, it's incredibly important to review it to make sure all of your expenses have been accurately reflected, all your revenue has been captured. And um, also to make sure, right, you may be, um, have a particular vendor that you started using a couple of years ago that was important to your business then, you've continued to pay them. And it's like, why am I still paying this if I don't need their service or good anymore? So it's really important to, to stay on top of this. and. Um, review it frequently. The other two reports that are important is the AR aging and the, which is accounts receivable aging and the accounts payable aging. So these two reports only apply to those folks that bill their customers that send them an invoice. So if you are the kind of business that invoices your customers, you need to pay attention to your accounts receivable aging. If you're the kind of company that um, your vendors will ship their good or service and send you an invoice or a bill to pay, you need to pay attention to the accounts payable aging. So those are the four. There's a lot more um, reports available, but these are the four that are the most critical for you to, to pay attention to. So let's pop on over to QuickBooks. Again, uh, this is just a sample company, so we're using their, the sample information. It's pretty easy to um, pull the reports. Most of these applications try to um, make it very intuitive. And what I did, um, and I always like to do, is highlight, you can star your favorites so they pop up at the top. So we've got our four important um, reports. And let's click on our balance sheet. And so again, you're able, it's a snapshot, so you're able to pick any time that you wanna look at a balance sheet. And because this is August 13th, we know that our bookkeeper has, um, they um, should have reconciled all of our accounts by now. I'm gonna look at our last month. So I'm gonna go in, pull last month, you'll see it's July um, through July 31st. And then um, I just, I only wanna look at stuff that has activity. And then I wanna highlight here the accounting method. Most small businesses, and this is just a generalization, are on the cash method of accounting. So what does that mean? Under the cash method of accounting, you include an income, the amounts you receive in cash, that you know deposited into your checking account, and you are able to deduct those items that you pay out in cash or that you've paid on a credit card. 
So most small businesses are on a cash basis. Some businesses are on the accrual. And what that means is that you include an income when you accrue the income, when you issue an invoice to your customer, or when a vendor has sent you a bill. So that's the accrual method. It's, it's simply based on when you issue invoices or when you receive a bill from your vendor based on that date. So as I stated, most small businesses are on the cash um, basis. And so let's just pull them on the cash. And what I also, um, so there we go. So we've got our, we're gonna look at last month and we're gonna do it on the cash basis. And then we just run the report. And here we go. Here's all of our assets and um, here's checking, savings. Um, they had some fixed assets. You could also have inventory. Account, um, if you have some prepaid expenses or security deposits you've placed, all of your assets will be listed here. So it's incredibly important to make sure that it reflects all the assets that your business has. If you have inventory, it should show up here. If you've got equipment, if you've got a leasehold improvement, if you have vehicles, furniture and fixtures, for the most part, all of that should be reflected here. Moving down to the liability section, um, you have your current liabilities and that's typically your credit cards, your sales tax payable, your um, payroll taxes payable are gonna be listed here. If you have a line of credit, um, those are all your current liabilities. Then if you have any, if you've taken out any loans, um, if you've got um, you know, a loan on that truck that you purchased, or if you've got lease obligations, those should be reflected here in your liabilities. And I will tell you that that's, this is the area that I see missed the most. Um, let's say you go out, you're a very busy, very busy business owner, you needed a new truck, you went out and you bought one, and you, you took out a loan. And your bookkeeper starts seeing these payments, you know, to Ford Motor Credit coming through and she puts it to automobile expense. That's an amount that's going to show up on your profit and loss. It's not going to show up on your, on your balance sheet. So your bookkeeper needed to know that you purchased a vehicle and that you took out a loan because those, those transactions have to be entered through a, a journal entry. It's not going to come through your bank feed. So those kinds of transactions you need to make sure are, are properly um, captured, and you're the only person who's gonna is gonna know that. And then uh, you take your assets minus your liabilities, and that equals your equity. So the equity section is really an area you don't have to touch that much. It's going to reflect any distributions you may have taken, and your earnings from inception to date. So um, this is probably the most difficult part of a balance sheet to explain to people, but at the very least, you should understand your assets and your liabilities. So going back to the report list, uh, let's take a look at the profit and loss. Again, a profit and loss, you can pull it on um, any particular period of time you want. I'm gonna do last month just to see how July looked. June was a rough month, but hopefully July was much better. And because I can, I'm gonna go ahead and um, compare it to June just to see what happened between the two months. So I just look at the previous period and I wanna see you know, the change between the two periods and I wanna do it on the cash basis and I'm gonna run my report. And there we go. So um, this particular company has their income broken up into all these different uh, categories. You have a lot of um, flexibility and how you design 
and what you want to capture as your income. Some people will just have one line, but if you want to break it down into all the different kinds of services or products that you sell, you can do that. So then you come down here and yeah, absolutely. My July was much better than, than June. And I can see the change here in the third column. And then I can just, I can quickly go down. And again, this is something that you can do if you have on a Saturday morning sitting on your couch where you can quickly pull these reports and review them. Um, it doesn't take you that long. And then just if you wanna go down, you're just looking for anything that looks unusual, right? Um, any big change, anything um, that looks out of the ordinary. And so going down here, oh, look, what is this? Like there's a $2,000 change, what happened? Because we're so busy and we have so much on our plates, we can't remember everything that happens. So if you click down, and this is what I was talking about before, you can drill down and you can see this activity. And you say, oh, you know what? I did pay that huge insurance premium. It's an annual premium. I paid it in July. But you know what? It's showing up in miscellaneous. It really shouldn't be there. So your bookkeeper needs to change it. So all of this is very flexible. You can change it. Nothing's written in stone. And you can have it properly categorized. So I'm just going to go ahead and change it now to insurance and save and close. It's going to give me a little warning. And when I go back to my report, I'm going to be able to go up and see, yep, there it is under insurance. It makes sense. I didn't, it, this is an annual premium that I pay. And um, I can, that makes a lot more sense to me now. And then go down here, this miscellaneous. Yeah, that makes more sense. So reviewing your uh, balance sheet and your profit and loss should be something you should be doing, you know, at least on a monthly basis, if not quarterly. Um, or quarterly, if not monthly. Um, I just think it's just incredibly important for you to understand um, how you're making your money and where your expenses are and to stay on top of it. The other two reports um, that we, I mentioned are the accounts payable aging and the accounts receivable aging. And again, these only apply if you actually send your uh, customers an invoice or you receive an invoice from a vendor. And it's, it's just really important if you do issue invoices to stay on top of this. You wanna know who owes you money and how old, how long has that invoice been outstanding? Because quite frankly, you can't afford to go 60 to 90 days without getting paid, right? You need to get that money in the door as quickly as possible. So by reviewing your accounts receivable aging, you can quickly see who owes you money and who may need a phone call or need to be contacted because people are busy it may be inadvertent. The other mistake or error that could be going on is that there was a receipt and it wasn't properly captured, right? Your bookkeeper didn't match. Like Red Rock Diner, they pay us, they always pay us. So what happened here? And so you wanna reach out and make sure that the receipt that came in, the deposit that was made is properly applied to the correct customer. So again, this is something you may wanna uh, review on a weekly or biweekly basis, just to make sure that you're on top of uh, your accounts receivable. And I'm a big fan of anything you pay attention to gets taken care of. So you've got to pay attention to this to make sure that your business is receiving that cash and getting that cash in the door so that um, you can make the most of it. The other one is the accounts payable aging. This is, again is only applies if you um, 
receive invoices from vendors and then you pay them at a later date. A lot of companies these days are not operating like this. Um, some do. So if you do, you should absolutely be paying attention to this and making sure that your AP aging is correct and, and also gives you an idea of what's going to need to be paid in the future, right? How much cash am I going to need to come up with next week or in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 days? So again, um, pay attention to this and make sure it's correct because again, something could have been paid and not properly reflected. So those are all the reports um, that you as a business owner should be paying attention to. So whether you um, excuse me. So whether you review them on your own or you meet with your service provider, um, you absolutely should be taking a look at these to make sure you're on top of your own financial information. And I will tell you that if you're on top of it, if you're paying attention, insights happen. And that's what's critical in these um, uncertain times is that, oh, you know, oh my goodness, you know, that person hasn't paid me. I need to reach out to them. Right. Or, oh, I've been I've been paying for something I no longer use. Or, you know what? Uh, typically, August is a great month for us. So I'm going to expect, you know, I'm expecting X amount of revenue to come in the door. So insights happen when you pay attention to the this information. All right. So we took a look at the example. So what other recommendations do we have? So some of these are not so much fun or sexy, um, but they're important. Okay, and um, being an accountant, uh, which is what I am, right? It's like I pay attention to these details because they're important and they're important for a lot of different reasons. And the first one is documents, right? You don't know how many times I've walked into an office, into a client's and there's paper everywhere. It's like you gotta get organized and get rid of the paper. In this digital world, there's no reason to have paper laying around. Um, we're a paperless office and we work really hard to, to streamline and capture that information and save it in a digital format. So um, whether you PDF it and save it um, to your network, um, just get that information, those bills, those invoices, those receipts captured. Um, and you need to maintain them for seven years. And that's more of an IRS rule, um, the statute of limitations if for normal things is three years, but they can go back for seven years. So that's why the conventional wisdom is to maintain these records for seven years. So you don't want to file cabinet uh, clogging up your space, uh, maintaining seven years of records, get them uh, scanned in and saved digitally. Um, it also makes it easier if you need to supply it to somebody, you've got it saved and it can um, easily be provided. There are lots of great applications out there to help you capture um, your receipts. I'm going to talk about, these are just a, a, a sample, Smart Receipt and Receipt Bank. QuickBooks Online has a feature where you can email it uh, to your QuickBooks um, account and then attach it directly into a transaction. You can take a picture with your phone and send it to QuickBooks. Um, Expensify, uh, we use it internally for our firm. It's a um, expense, employee expense reimbursement application. So our employees simply um, are able to take a picture of the expense they incurred, um, attach it in. I get a notification when they've submitted their expense report. I can take a look at it, approve it, and done. You know, and an administrative act that's done quickly and easily. So go ahead, please um, capture your receipts. Um, Please don't put them in a 
shoebox and hand them to your accountant. You need to be on top of them and, um, and uh, organized. Um, the other thing that's really important to have on hand, and, and this is uh, what's glaring during this whole uh, Paycheck Protection Program loan application process, a lot of small businesses needed some of these documents. And having them on hand is critical. It makes your life so much easier and stress-free when it comes to uh, applying for loans or other programs. So your articles of organization, if you're a limited liability company or your articles of incorporation, if you're a corporation, you should have those. Any bylaws or operating agreements, you should have those scanned in and saved. Um, if, you need, if you don't have them, you can go online, if you're an Arizona entity, go online to the Arizona Corporation Commission and they've got a copy of your documents. Download them and save them. Um, if you've done any stock transfers, you should have that information, any, any board of directors meetings, um, you should all have all of that information saved digitally and um, organized. Uh, again, any of these lease and loan documents, you don't know how many times we have to reach out to clients, say, hey, can you get us this loan document? We need it to prepare your tax return and they can't find it. So um, please make sure you've got all of that documentation uh, saved and at your fingertips. Um, IRS correspondence. Anytime you get some type of notice uh, from the IRS on an EIN or your EFTPS, please save a copy. It's so critically important. EFTPS, for those folks who aren't aware, it's a PIN that the IRS provides for those folks who run payroll. And you need this PIN to be able to log on to the IRS's website to either review your payroll uh, payments or to make a payment. And if you don't have a PIN, you're kind of SOL. And believe me, I've tried every which way uh, to track down these PINs for clients without um, having to reapply for another one. So if you have an EFTPS PIN, please save that and guard it with your life. Uh, same thing with the State Department of Revenue account numbers. Uh, make sure you have those, you know what those are, um, your Arizona Department of Economic Security account number, your TPT license numbers, just make sure you have all those documents um, saved, scanned in, and ready electronically. Um, lastly, your tax returns. Uh, you should be saving seven years of your tax returns, and again, have them ready. Most lenders are going to require the last two or three years. And then the payroll records, make sure you've got those as well. Um, mileage logs, and I know this is another uh, area that's a bane of most people's existence. And I've read too many court cases where taxpayers la lost out on important deductions because they didn't have contemporaneous mileage logs. So please, 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 please maintain them. And these days it's um, much easier to do, um, there's apps that fit on your phone that will track your mileage for you, and then you just classify it as personal or business. It makes it so much easier. If you don't want to use an app, then uh, whether it's a written journal or an Excel spreadsheet or your calendar with notes, do something that you're capturing this information in real time. It should include the date, the distance, and the business purpose. Um, mileage logs are in incredibly important. I know, but again, it's one of those administrative details that's, um, that's no fun. Oh, and the way to make your life easier is integrations. Apps and integrations make technology work for you. So to the extent you can, automate, automate, automate. 
And that's what we were talking about, using an online platform accounting software and then in integrating into that as much as possible, whether it's your mileage log or your um, uh, Expensify or your Square, if you're receiving payments that way, can be integrated into your accounting software. So there's so many, Workers' Comp is another one, that if it's integrated into your payroll, it's taken care of. So um, integrate as much as possible. <clears throat> So I want to talk about payroll and those important forms. And this was really highlighted during this uh, Paycheck Pro Protection Program application process. And it's going to be important in the forgiveness application process as well. So you as a business owner, you don't have, need to know how to complete these forms, but you should be aware of what they are. And so there's uh, several of them. I'm going to start with the easiest one to understand, and that's the W-2. Everyone who's ever been an employee has received a W-2, and it's a summary of your wages and taxes paid in throughout the year. So that's a W-2. All employees receive one. And then as an employer, you transmit that information to the IRS via a W-3. So the W-3 is a, a summary a transmittal of your W-2s that you issued to your employees. Um, so that's the easiest one to understand. These other ones, the federal ones, they're on the left-hand side, the Form 941. So if you think about your W-3 as this annual summary of the wages and taxes that's submitted to the IRS, the 941 is a quarterly report that's sent to the IRS that summarizes basically the same information. It's gonna be a summary of all the employees' uh, wages for the, for the quarter, uh, the federal taxes that you withheld, the Social Security, the Medicare, and plus the employer portion. And it's also going to um, have on it the payments that you made. So it's going to reconcile the wages that you paid out, everything that was withheld, your employer portion, the payments that were, with, that were made, and then it's going to reconcile everything. And hopefully at the end of the day, you don't owe anything with your Form 941. You, so you should have your form 941s for each quarter, quarter one, two, three, and four, and then your W3 at the end of the year. Um, the 940 is different and it has to do with unemployment, federal unemployment. And for most small businesses that pay payroll, this federal unemployment may be only filed once a year. It can be filed quarterly for larger employers, but for small businesses, it's typically once a year. And it's gonna report wages for the year and then those amount that is subject to unemployment. Unemployment wages are typically the first $7,000 of an employee's wage. So that's what the 940 is. It's the unemployment, um, it's the summary of the wages paid and the unemployment tax for federal purposes. So we have our federal um, unemployment and our federal withholding. The states have the same thing. So each state has this quarterly that imposes an income tax, has the quarterly income tax uh, reports that need to be filed as well, and then it, the unemployment. So states typically require your unemployment to be filed quarterly. Again, your payroll provider should be preparing all of these forms and filing them on your behalf you need to make sure you have copies of them in your file and, and that's it. I mean, that's the biggest thing, but also to understand what they are. So when a lender asks for, hey, I need to see your 941s or your form 940, you're not, you're not clueless as to what they're asking for. And then finally, your 1099 miscellaneous. 
which is um, those forms that you issue to your vendors, your independent contractors at the end of the year for payments that you made to them in excess of $600. So um, these are some of the payroll providers out there. Um, they make our lives a lot easier. They take care of uh, um, running your payroll and filing these reports. There are several of them out there, Gusto, ADP, Paychecks, Rippling, QuickBooks has a solution, um, and then OnPay. And these can all be integrated into your accounting software so that all the information is tracked correctly. Okay, so Stephen King, there's no harm in hoping for the best as long as you're prepared for the worst. And so that's what I'm hoping that this presentation has done, is giving you uh, some guidance and some insight on how you can start preparing for the worst. Because I have a feeling we're not done yet. So what are some other things you can do in case of emergency? You need to have your ducks in a row. Let's be prepared, let's be ready. Um, and some of the things that are important is during the good times, make sure, and if you can, and you have it, make sure you've established a line of credit with your bank. Uh, you don't have to touch it, you don't have to use it, but it's a safety net, it's, a, it's something there that if you need it, you've got it. And it just gives you peace of mind. Know your cash flow needs and recurring expenses. Know, know what your run rate for a month is. I mean, how much do you typically pay out in payroll and rent and all those other fixed costs? Know it so that you know how much revenue you need to be generating or if you need to make any adjustments. So know that. And then lastly, uh, this has really been highlighted um, during the last six months is have a good banking relationship and have it with a local bank. And this is a lesson I learned personally, as well as I saw other small businesses that really struggled with their Paycheck Protection Program loan applications. The large national banks didn't have the capacity um, to, to work with us. We got no information and very little guidance um, and assistance. But the local banks, the local banks uh, were much more nimble and they were incredibly helpful and they could turn around those applications much more quickly. So one lesson, big lesson I've learned is to really have a really good banking relationship with a local bank. Um, so I hope um, this concludes uh, today's webinar presentation. I hope you took away some valuable insights regarding best practices for your small business and how to keep those finances in check. Uh, we're happy to be of assistance. Feel free to reach out and contact us.